0: Welcome to Truth Culture Life. I am Royce Hood, joined today by Sierra High Camp in North Dakota. Sierra, how's it going?
1: Oh, never been better. It's about a hundred degrees here and a hundred percent humidity. So,
0: all right, and, and we and we have a couple of special guests. But before we introduce them, um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the weather because we always do our weather report. Father O is not here. Maybe he's sunburned.
1: That Maybe. might explain
0: his absence.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I'd be sunburned too. If I was in Florida, I'd always be outside. <laughs> you know, the thing is though,
0: if you get out, if you're out in the sun enough, you build up sort of a tolerance to it. But here's the thing. I grew up in South Florida and I keep seeing headlines in central Illinois talking about like the water is a hundred degrees and it's a hundred and, you know, five degrees in West Palm. It That's, I mean, they're saying it's like a historic, maybe it is. I haven't looked at historic charts. So somebody needs to research that. That's not, you know, the mainstream media, but I mean, it was always hot like that in the summer in Florida. The water gets really, really warm. Um, and I remember growing up, and there were there were days it was well over 100 degrees. And there was, there was no, like, sort of national hysteria over it. So I, I'm always – I don't know. These days, after – ever since, like, the last few years, I feel like I'm just so skeptical of everything I read.
1: Everything. Yeah. No, I – everything's been pretty crazy with the weather lately and the fires we were just talking the other day about the fires in wisconsin and the fires that are still happening in canada and the weather is insane i just don't get it anymore
0: that is i mean look i've gone outside and it looks like it's fog but it's it's literally like smoke from canada
1: yeah and no and
0: it's like he and it's like uh air air quality advisory caution i'm like okay it's like are we gonna die like at what point does the air quality get so bad i know it has like a cancer risk long term but So we've been kind of staying inside anyway.
1: No, no, it's the beauty of this time of the year, right?
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. All sorts of crazy stuff. That's why we need, that's why we need to pray and set the world on fire with faith and just get back to the things that are important. So without, without further ado, um, we've got two really awesome guests. Sierra, why don't you introduce them for us?
1: Yeah. So today I'm excited to introduce Father Balk from the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. Father, thank you so much for being on today. Uh, Could you maybe give a little bit of your background and then what you currently do right now in your role?
2: Sure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, My name is Father Dominic Bauck. I'm the chaplain at the University of Mary, which is in Bismarck, North Dakota. I'm originally from Western North Dakota. Um, I am the youngest of seven children, uh, just kind of, let's say, normal upbringing through the 90s and 2000s which is kind of fun now because apparently that's like in right now to be like the nineties are in any <laughs> the pop punk bands of the early two thousands are in. So it's kind of fun getting a Renaissance of that. Um, I went to college seminary at the university of St. Thomas, St. John Vianney college seminary uh, in the twin cities. I uh, was in the Dominicans for a few years in Washington, DC, and I lived in Manhattan for a couple summers. I worked at first things, uh, which is a, a journal up there as an intern there for a summer, and I was in Manhattan for a different summer. Then I decided to come back to the Diocese of Bismarck, uh, which is the western half of North Dakota. And then I uh, was sent to Rome to the North American College, and uh, I was ordained a priest in 2018. I've been uh, assistant pastor at our cathedral parish, but my main job was chaplain and teacher at our local Catholic high school, St. Mary's. And then this is my fourth year at the University of Mary, which is a different institution. There's, uh, I think, five institutions in this city of Bismarck named after Mary. There's St. Mary's Grade School, St. Mary's Academy, which is middle school, St. Mary's High School, St. Mary's Parish, which is called the Pro Cathedral, but then the University of Mary, uh, which is the Benedictine University out here. Um, So it gets confusing, but I'm at the University of Mary
1: no, and that's amazing. And not to interrupt you, but that's so cool too about Bismarck. And I've talked about this so many times like the school system and like the Catholic education there is just amazing. So that's great you brought it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realize there was a connection to um so it's a Benedictine uh, like order that established it or it's based on in a Benedictine theology.
2: The the, the college it was called Mary College for a while and then it's now called the University of Mary but it was established in 1959 by the Benedictine sisters uh, who originally came from uh, like central Minnesota. Um, But they they came, they were the first ones here. So they came in 1878 and Bismarck was a wild west town at that time. And they came off the train there. Uh, these people, mostly either German immigrants or uh, women of German descent, and the, they got off the train the next day. There was no school in Bismarck in 1878, and so they started teaching and established a school the first day off the train. And so they, they were these kind of like pioneer sisters. Um, and so they started schools. They started the first hospital, which is now called St. Alexis Hospital. It's in Bismarck. Um, they started that. That's that's the. It was the only hospital – between Minneapolis and Seattle, uh, on the northern sort of seaboard, so wow. northern tier—I don't know if they call
0: it—that's a big uh, spread.
2: Uh, yeah, so they, they came in and established all these things, and so they were teaching in their schools, and they were uh, had the hospital in town, and so eventually there they grew, they built their own uh, priory, they called it, and established a college, which primarily was to teach um, nurses and teachers uh, both from like within their order but then also uh whoever else wanted to study there so that that started in 1959 um and uh has obviously grown a lot since then
0: wow that's um that's so interesting the benedictines wow um you know that's uh, the more i learn about the benedictines the more i'm impressed like we're doing a, a movie right now called incorruptible about uh sister wilhelmina and you know the who started the benedictines uh, of mary queen of the apostles in gower missouri and um that's where they are now but like that that the the order itself like the benedictines in general and there's a lot of different orders of benedictines but hearing some of the history on how like their monasteries during like times of crisis historically popped up all over europe and served as refuges and you know places that people could go for health for spiritual health for physical health for education things like that like their history is phenomenal um and so wow that's just I I had no idea there was that connection so thank you for sharing that
2: yeah and that's pretty that awareness is pretty alive on our campus you know there's not it's not very hard to draw parallel to today um uh, and how the Benedictines kind of saved the world amidst the collapse of the Roman Empire, you know, 1500 years ago, it was in the monasteries that education was preserved and, and sort of uh, all of the great works starting with scripture, but then everything else, math, science, music, cooking, you know, like all that, the literature, all those things are preserved uh, and culture was preserved in the monasteries. There's a few books about that. But you know, one popular one is how the Irish saved civilization. That's kind of a popular one um, after virtue by Alistair McIntyre talks about it, but every student here has to take a class called Benedict yesterday and today. So it's a required course. And that's, that is kind of made known to them. Like what have Benedict, did, did, what is the Benedictine order done throughout history, especially St. Benedict in his own vocation story, which is actually quite strikingly similar to today. He was a college student in a very uh, decadent society around the time of the fall of the Roman empire. And he just got fed up. <laughs> so it's like, well, we, sometimes we think our problems are so unique to us. They're not really, it's just, we live in a decadent society and, college is a time of frivolity and he was someone who just decided he had enough of that so he was gonna go live a life worth living instead of racking up a lot of college debt you know but, wow yeah you I know that's
1: i
0: would have done that right i mean <laughs> come on. um um i would be remiss if i did not introduce father o who um we were we were speculating that father had uh maybe a sunburn or something and so wasn't able to make it but there he is well had
3: a had a meeting with some people who are trying to uh, reshape education in the state of Florida.
0: Uh Uh-oh. Well, Father is there, I'm sure, um, lighting some fires
3: under some people's tushes.
0: That's what he does best.
3: (laughs) It's called micro-schooling. Micro-schooling. Oh, yeah. very interesting program because, uh, for the most part, our government schools have gone over to socialism and the teachers that they have are woke. So we have to try to find out uh, a way that we can reclaim the youth. Of of America, yeah. You know there
0: uh, there are a number of Catholic micro schools, and really it's homeschool communities that kind of come together. A lot of times it's because they might have a child that has special needs, like maybe is has an an IEP, uh, like an education plan, and maybe is a little bit delayed in reading or whatever, and they need special resources so they can pull together and hire somebody to come in at, to supplement what the parents aren't otherwise able to do. And when you get like a few different homes. Homeschooling, and they kind of split up that. It's really an interesting, it's a super cool structure. Like I would, I don't know, I think micro schools is, uh, that could really be the way of the future. May- You're listening to Truth Culture Life on Catholic Spirit Radio. I want to introduce a new member of our team, Michael Oroz-Fagan from Loretto Films. Welcome, Michael.
4: It's good to be here. Um, I'm excited to be a part of this stream and just help uh, get this word out about truth.
0: Uh, Well, we're excited to have you. And on the other side of the break, we'll go to a break in just a couple of minutes. Michael just um, was uh, he just attended the Steubenville conference. So we want to hear all about his experience there. I understand there's like over 2000 young people from around the country, and just such an awesome event and opportunity for people to have a retreat and to really just uh, get to know our Lord more. So that's that's huge. Uh, so, Michael, thank you for joining us. And on the other side of the break, we'll pick that up and, and talk about it more. So, Sierra, why don't you take it away for the last couple of minutes that we have and uh, with, with Father Dominic?
1: Yeah. So I was going to ask, too, Father Dominic. So have you been following the story of Sister Wilhelmina or have you been down to Gower to visit?
2: i had been there. I've been there a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I've I've followed the, the story. My last update was a couple months ago, so I don't know what the the latest latest is, but. I was keeping up with it for a while.
1: No, that's awesome. Yeah, we we follow that story pretty closely here because Royce is actually working on uh, a movie about her life, The Incorruptible Movie. Um, And so, you know, we always ask our guests about it because Royce and I have been down to Gower, seen Sister Wilhelmina. And, you know, I guess my question for you, because since you followed the story, what do you think the biggest impact of finding her recently incorruptible. What do you think that that will have on our culture and our society with young people?
2: It, it was pretty wild uh, that that it had like the, the national impact that it did. I thought that was, it was, it was just kind of like uh, notable, you know, we live in a very sort of demystified society. So that the fact that there were thousands of people, this is pretty common throughout the history of the world. Like, uh, you know, if you go to Europe, you see all these saints and incorrupt people and miracles that the, this town is known for, that town is known for. Um, we in the United States were a little too polished for that. So it was fun to see uh, kind of a little dose of the old world in our 21st century, like uh, technological society. But for, for me, like the incorruptibility is, is significant uh, and it helps get us out of our malaise and catch our attention. But it was really reading her story uh, that was, captivating to me and that's you know uh we don't have to wait for the church to sort of declare uh whether you know this is worthy of belief or or any sort of thing but her story itself if people are drawn to that i think it's a beautiful story of uh an american um who who lived through various periods of history especially with different sort of like uh racial realities that she lived to but ultimately it was her fidelity to the gospel i think that's so uh, missed sometimes as our Catholic faith transcends uh, culture and and race and all that other stuff to like ultimately just demand fidelity and she was just so faithful uh, in her vows for so long and founding a new order that's uh, known for its fidelity uh, to the truth and to the church um, and I think that was just so. It was countercultural in like 19 different ways you know, and a whole sorts of with with uh, race things with with issues of, uh, you know, feminism and sexuality and, and, and differently. It was just like it was such a powerful story and, and all contained with this woman who, by all accounts, was so like humble and unassuming that she would after her death get all this attention. I thought it was just very poetic, you know.
1: Oh, for sure. And that's that's what many people have said. I mean, we had a wonderful conversation with our guest last week, Father Joseph Kelly from Missouri. And yeah, we talked a lot about that because I think it's one of those things where, not that it's necessarily a wake-up call, but it's just, it's interesting to have that little nudge from God that's like, hey, <laughs> this is what we need to be doing. Yeah. I wonder if maybe the University of Mary will start a class or something studying her or her life because it's such an interesting story.
2: Yeah, we have the this summer we're taking a pilgrimage. We've done this is the second time we've done it now. Um but we're going to Our Lady of Champion, Wisconsin, which is where the Blessed Mother appeared about a hundred some years ago. And that's that's as approved as things get in the church, so it's declared worthy of belief, which is the highest level that the church would ever say about a Marian apparition. So that's the same as Fatima or Lords or Guadalupe. So that's kind of a hidden treasure in Wisconsin that not a lot of people know about. I, I went there first when I was in college seminary because Bishop Rickon, who's still the Bishop there came and talked to us about it and I've been up there a few times and it's, it's very powerful. You know, you don't have to go all the way to France to, to see these things. Um, the other thing that we've, we're more focused on than sister Wilhelmina, although, you know, as that grows, maybe we'll be uh, taking the trip down there, but, uh, There's a young woman named Michelle Dupong who is from Western North Dakota. She's from a farm, and she was a focused missionary at North Dakota State and then uh, came back to Western North Dakota and was at the University of Mary here and then also uh, worked for our diocese and did a lot of good things. And she died in her 20s of cancer, but now her cause has been open. So she is a servant of God. The, the diocesan phase has been submitted and begun. And so that's, we're hoping for her canonization. So wow, uh, we're a little ahead of Sister Wilhelmina just in terms of when all the steps can take place in terms of that. So that's like the high excitement out here. And Father,
0: Father, hold on. Let's do this. We got to jump to a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to pick this up right where we left off. So stick with us. We'll be right back in just a second. Would you pray?
5: July is the month for Catholic Spirit Radio's Matching Monday. I'm this year's Matching Monday donor, Patricia, and I'm going to double up to $6,000 every donation made on the Mondays in July. I challenge you to donate big, so I have to write that matching big check. Donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or mail your check on any Monday in July to 108 Boykens Place in Normal. Why am I willing to be the matching donor? Before I converted, Catholicism seemed mysterious to me, even though my husband was Catholic. However, after speaking with a priest, I knew I wanted to become a Catholic too. I began listening to EWTN programs and grew tremendously in my understanding and love of the faith. When my children came along, I was thankful that we could attend church together, and we still do whenever family comes to town. Catholic Spirit Radio needs our financial support so we can grow in our faith. If you've never donated, start this July. If you've donated in the past, July is the month to give extra. Remember, I will double it during July Matching Mondays.
6: Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks. Others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipts. Just go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS.
7: Am I pregnant? This is often the first question a woman needs answered when she comes to the Pregnancy Resource Center. What now is the second question. Living Alternatives Pregnancy Resource Center is committed to providing excellent care, compassionate support, and honest information to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. Living Alternatives needs your help to encourage and support women in Bloomington Normal. Make your donation or find out more ways to get involved at PregnancyResourceCenter.org.
6: Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck,
4: And I'm Lisa Popcheck. We're the hosts of More to Life. For
6: us, Catholic Radio is something that draws us together into conversations that can be at times difficult, but when directed by charity, become positively impactful.
4: That's why we're so glad you're participating in your own way. By listening right now, let everyone else know about this jewel you have found. Please invite others into this work that the Holy Spirit is already doing. Invite them to listen.
0: All right, welcome back to Truth Culture Life on Catholic Spirit Radio. Just want to remind all of our listeners that you can download the app at catholicspiritradio.app and you can listen to this program anywhere. And by the way, if anybody listening has any like uncles or cousins or you know relatives working at another Catholic radio station around the country, send them a link to our show and tell them to pick it up like we would love we need to get this show onto some other networks. That's something we're going to be working on in the fall here uh, as uh, the summer comes to an end. So super excited about that. In the meantime, we were um, with Father Dominic was talking about some really neat neat things, um, a possible saint out of North Dakota, as well as, um, as champion. And that's something that Sierra, I actually mentioned to you on the phone yesterday, you know, such a cool, amazing story about champion, uh, Wisconsin father, can you tell our listeners for those that don't know, just a summary of, of what happened in champion?
2: Ooh, that's uh, someone can fill in the blanks. You know, I've been there a few times, but I'm not a, I'm not a tour guide there or an expert, but. There was a young sister, uh, I want to say Belgian. There was, it was kind of like a community of Belgian immigrants. And um, there was a, a fire. The, the, there was a fire with the church. Um, but I, I think the church didn't burn down. And Our Lady appeared to her. And I would just encourage people to go to Our Lady of Champion website to get all the details. I don't want to mess anything up. But it's like I said before, it's an approved Marian apparition site. It was known as Our Lady of Good Help up until recently, H E L P AGLP help, help. Uh, And now it's received uh, a new name from the Vatican congregation that deals with those things. And uh, it's called Our Lady of Champion, which is in line with, you know, Our Lady of Lords, Our Lady. So Champion is the name of the town. Um, And it's grown every year I go. There's more buildings and more people there. So um, it's, it's the only site in the United States of a Marian apparition that's fully approved uh by the church. And like right. I said, it's as it's as Northern high as it's ever gonna go. So yeah, you
0: mentioned earlier, worthy of belief. That's really, really an interesting and amazing designation right here in our backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh for people listening in Illinois, I mean that's just short drive north. Um that's a bit of, a little bit more than a short drive north, but it's a really sure big, Bay,
2: yeah. But you, you know
0: that's right. Also- so if there's any Green Bay fans, that's a uh, good excuse if you're going up there for something. Uh, the, the National Shrine of Our Lady of Champion um, in uh, New Franken, Wisconsin. And my my understanding, and I'm going to get it wrong, but my understanding is this, this has to do with the Great Fire. And that fire, by the way, was in Chicago as well and decimated Chicago. It was all the way up to Wisconsin. Michael's shaking his head. I, I, any one of you guys want to take it away? Can you summarize what happened with the fire?
4: Yeah, there were actually two fires. So there's the Great Chicago Fire and the Great Peshtigo Fire. I know this because I'm from Wisconsin. So there you, you go. Here, take away, Michael. Take away. Um, and so the Peshtigo Fire burned through uh, millions of acres of forest in northern Wisconsin, Green Bay area, um, and, and large national forest that's there. But the town uh, around surrounding the apparition was completely spared uh, in a miraculous happening. Really, really unique story. And every kid in Wisconsin learns this story. They don't necessarily learn about the apparition, but Again, the apparition is really a unique circumstance.
0: Yeah. It, am I wrong? It, what I remember, and I don't want to, I, I get things wrong all the time, so it's kind of my trademark. <laughs> but my my recollection is that the, after the apparition, like the children were instructed either in the apparition or something like that to go into the church and pray. And this fire was going on. And the fire was all around the church area, but never crossed over like the church fence, which is made out of wood, which is yeah, all the miraculous. that, And so it's just really profound. Uh, it's unbelievable.
1: Oh my gosh, we're going to have to make a trip no- there now, too, because I have never <laughs> been there.
0: There you go. That is
1: amazing.
0: Father, you know, Father O, maybe we could get him. I mean, he is due for a, a Truth Culture Life trip. The rest of us have taken a trip for Truth Culture Life.
3: Uh, yeah, we'll, do, we'll do it by Zoom. Can, 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 <laughs> we'll Mike, Zoom it to, to the site. <laughs> we can Zoom Father, and that's great. Uh, All right. Or we'll do a hologram. I can do a hologram, too. Yeah, I don't yeah. know.
1: I think I think we should get tickets to a Green Bay game in like January <laughs> and get Father O to get up here. That's what we need to do. Be
3: like I'd
1: be a cheesehead then. That's
4: why they're the best team is because they're the only NFL team with an approved Marian apparition. Next <laughs> hey,
1: I never said that. Okay. The Vikings all the
2: way.
4: <laughs> wow. I, you know, I don't know enough about football. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: right. no.
2: Yeah.
1: They're,
2: they're gonna need miraculous help this year too. So <laughs> they
0: <laughs> need it
1: every year. Oh my god. Well, this
2: year in a particular
1: way. <laughs> I was yeah. I've already seen I've already seen like, you know, the memes and stuff about people are getting ready for football, people are getting signed, whatever, and um, all the memes that are like Vikings fans saying this is the year. And it's like, oh, it hurts. It hurts really bad.
2: <laughs> it's not <laughs>
0: So what else do you want to talk about? So yeah, there's a lot of, of stuff going on. Well, from- I was going to
1: ask father Dominic, could you explain more about, uh, you said her name was Michelle in Western North Dakota. Oh, yeah. If you could explain that story a little bit too, because I think our listeners would be interested for sure.
2: Yeah, no, I, this is, I, for, for, for my whole life, I was like, I hope we have a canonized saint from our diocese. I just think that would be, it's just so powerful. Um, you know, we go, we take pilgrimages to Rome and now, uh, we go to a CC and you can go see the body of blessed Carlo Acutis who's there. And he's just like he's wearing jeans and sneakers in this glass sarcophagus. And it's like we take teenagers to to see that. And it's like, this guy's younger than I am, you know, and he's already a, a blessed, and it's really it has a huge impact. So to have someone who's local uh be be considered in this way is really powerful, but yeah, I met her a few times, um, Michelle, uh, while she was still alive, and, and she was like a real go-getter. She started in our diocese, she started something called the Thirst Conference, which is kind of modeled after like a seat conference for focus or or something, you know, a lot of, a lot of adoration, a lot of confession, and then some kind of keynote speakers. So she was already in her 20s, making a big impact on us. Um, she was, like I said, a focused missionary uh, and, and had a lot of zeal in that regard, Um she was at the North Dakota state university in Fargo campus. And then I think she spent a year down in Nebraska on a campus, but then she came up here to you, Mary, and then ended up working for her diocese, but she ended up, uh, experiencing a very, um, serious form of, of cancer. And, uh, through, through a very prolonged, uh, journey through that cancer, she made a big impact on a lot of people, uh, especially people at the hospital, her family has like a lot of photos and they show like all these, all these employees of the hospital from the surgeons and the doctors all the way to like the cooks and the, and the maintenance staff, they were all drawn to her and just really accompanied with her in her many hospital stays and things like that. And she was very like, she was very, uh, on one hand, normal in the sense of just fit into her generation and, and the culture and the she had a very easy time with people, but then also transcended all that with her faith that was very renowned. Um, And her cause was opened. uh, The official like diocesan phase was opened uh, I think a year ago. And then she was declared uh, a servant of God this November. Um, And then now it's in the process of, you know, some of these things take hundreds of years. So you never, you never really know when it's going to find a resolution.
3: Hold on, Father. You're on mute. Let me unmute. Go ahead. Father. Hey, unmute me. I mean, you know, talk about these causes take hundreds of years. Unless they like you, it takes five years. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, if the Pope knew you too, that helps a little bit. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, and
3: you're on the right. <laughs> and you're on the right page. Father, yeah. unmute me. And Honor. it's
2: cool because one of the one of the things they look at, you know, it's it's kind of this funny church both and thing, but it's in some sense it's like a built in contradiction, but one of the things they look at is whether there's a cult, you know, not like a a Manson family or whatever cult, but like (laughs) an area of veneration around the saint. And so you're not allowed to like publicly, you know, you can't offer a mass with her as like the saint of the day. You can't have a public cult, but private devotion is allowed. But one of the things they look at is if there's like a cult surrounding her. And I, I know that like she's buried near her family farm and, now there's like buses of people going down there and stuff and and she was popular she, she's not just like a random you know the cool no no one's a random person we're all directly willed by god and loved and, and important but like it she wasn't obscure like she was well known uh and is still well known and it wasn't so long ago that she died but now like buses of people who didn't know her on earth are going to her grave and praying and it, and when you think all of North Dakota is the middle of nowhere, like where she's from is the middle of nowhere. There's not, it's not even a town. It's just a graveyard in the middle of a field. And you have buses on the dirt road going to, to pray uh, for canonization through her canonization and and pray for her intercession in wow. a private wow. way. But yeah, but obviously very supportive. And he's declared the cause open and all that.
0: Yeah, Sierra, wow. I think you need to get out there and take some photos. That would be a great, some great
1: well, content. oh yeah, maybe I have to come out and visit. That would be great.
2: It'd be great to he could do a he could do a live show from her uh family farm because her parents are great they're they're very just like straight uh north Dakotan, you know just good farm folk or whatever and and they 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 have a really beautiful telling of her her family her sister took care of her and and has worked for the farm to to help her parents out a lot now now they've kind of been foisted into this position where they had already built like sort of a place where you could go on retreat out there prior to all this one of michelle's desires was like to have a little retreat for people and now since she's dying it's almost like it was prepared to be her sort of like to host all the people that are interested in that so they become kind of de facto you know shrine operators but they also like run a farm
1: (laughs) i love that that's awesome (laughs)
0: Well, uh, for our listeners, I've already started preparation uh, for Father Orsi's eventual canonization. Uh, Uh,
3: I I would I wouldn't go there if I were you. (laughs) (laughs) Father, come on! (laughs) I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there if I were you. All the good work that Father has done. I'm just trying to work my way into purgatory.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Father probably prefers you just pray for his soul after he. That's
3: about (laughs) it. That's about it, man. I tell you. Well, that's what what all of us can hope for. Just. Pray for each other's souls.
0: Amen. That's definitely important. There's just been so many uh, mer- amazing mystical stories of uh, souls in purgatory asking for intercessions, right? And that's something that we should definitely pay attention to. I love the sort of subject matter, the mystics and mysteries of the church is something Sierra and I talk about a lot. And we're, we're looking to launch uh, probably a segment or maybe a whole series that are that's based on this subject matter because I think it's interesting. The more I talk to people that are sort of secular- away from the church. I just never even been exposed to the church. People are hungry for the spirit. They really are. And there's there's so much, there's this void there, right? And um, people are trying to fill that void with everything from video games to music to, you know, whatever it is. And wow. Or the occult in, in a lot of cases as well. And they don't even realize that they're dabbling in these dark things. And wow. But when you, when you fill it with, this mystical side of the church, like that might be a way to evangelize. And, and I saw that out in Gower firsthand that people were coming to see Wilhelmina who had never been exposed to the church before, but they were curious.
3: And how about these uh, people that call themselves? I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Right. I mean, what does that exactly mean? I don't know, but evidently they believe that there is something more to life uh, than uh, the grave. Yeah. That's all I can imagine. (laughs) Paganism. That's right. Yeah. That's
1: what it is. It's okay. So not to get on a whole different topic, but uh, Royce and I had talked about the exorcist files and they have a podcast show where, you know, this gentleman, he talks about um, these exorcisms that he's performed and they talk about kind of, you know, the logistics of it and how these people got into the position that they were in. And it, like the priest was saying, you think it's bad bad people like you think it's the worst of the worst who get demonically possessed or who get into these weird situations but it's not it's people who maybe had a little slip up or maybe considered you know i don't know it's just it's so crazy i the exorcist files really changed my opinion on things
0: that is definitely it's one of the best productions i've ever heard in terms of a podcast so it's definitely uh And it's theological. There's a lot of history of the church. It's not just like scary stories. It's it's things that people need to be aware of that a lot of people probably aren't aware of. And it really makes you take an examination of the decisions that you're making um, in your own life and so forth. So great, thank you for bringing that up, Sarah. Yeah, that's uh, you know we had an episode a while back where I was able to interview Father uh, Father Carlos Martins, and it was just a Mm -hmm. profound opportunity. Um, wow, so much to talk about. I want to I want to switch gears for a minute. Um, actually, we need to talk to Michael about Steubenville. Michael, can you tell us a little bit about your experience at uh, the Steubenville conference? Tell us what it is and and what you experienced there.
4: Yeah, so Steubenville conferences is a group of conferences all across the country. I went to Steubenville Mid America, um, which is hosted. All these are hosted by the Franciscan University in Steubenville, um, and so they run. And they help uh, facilitate these conferences all across the country. The conference I went to was really, really, really beautiful um, on a multitude of different levels. Um, if you're listening, you might be familiar with Father Mike Schmitz. He's a Catholic priest that talks about the catechism. He did the Bible. He's the number one hit podcast Bible in a year. Um, and he was one of the speakers there. Um, and it was, it was one of, I've met him t- uh, twice or seen him in person twice. Uh, and it was it's always just a beautiful To witness someone's faith and someone that um, myself I admired so much and just learning about the faith Um, that was like one side so one side was oh it's really cool to see someone that I admired and like this lifted I think so many Catholics throughout um, the world Um, you know he might be the equivalent of a maybe a Fulton Sheen uh, in our age Uh, so that was really cool and then on the other side was to just see that I mean we went with a bunch of teens Um, the group I went with was 30 teens and and it's like, whoa, that's a lot of young adults or youth that are looking for Christ um, and and genuinely had an encounter with Christ. And it was, for me, that was that was profound. But then you get to the stadium, um, and this was the largest student bill that they've ever had, um, and they had over 5,000 attendees. So that's 5,000 people searching for Christ, 5,000 that had heard a call on their hearts. Um, the Lord had reached out to them first. Uh, and they responded in a beautiful manner. Um, I mean, I, I think there were just little moments that stick out. Um, just running into uh, there was a group of boys that were just having fun outside, and I think the conference provided opportunities for simple things like that. For I think very often, video games are not bad, but I think sometimes we get entrapped in them. And here, are these 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 boys, these young men, were having the opportunity for that carefree timelessness of just. I'm just going to hang out with my brothers outside and do silly things.
0: So, so Michael, tell us a little bit. So obviously it's a, it's a conference. You mentioned there's a stadium you're staying overnight. Um, there is, is there's, is there music like live music as well?
4: Yeah. So, I mean, when you think conference, uh, you can't, it's hard to picture exactly what's going on because there's just so much you have, you know, speakers that come in and talk like father Mike Schmitz, you're in a stadium, you have breakout sessions where you go to, you know, smaller little situations and settings um, there's live music. Um, I forget exactly uh, what the musician's name was, but really just like, a variety of just joy that's being expressed um, throughout the entire conference. Um, an emphasis on the Holy Spirit um, is another key um, look at what you experience at the conference as well.
0: Uh, Yeah. Wow. That's, that's great. I mean, it sounds awesome. Um, So I would encourage anybody listening that, you know, if you have a young person in your, in your life that you think would benefit from that. I know I had a niece that attended and she just had rave reviews. And what's interesting is I would say most of the the kids attending, obviously they're Catholic, but there is definitely some that maybe just go to a Catholic school or whatever that were invited to go. And so I think it's just such a cool evangelization opportunity as well. And it's, it's fun to think that those 2000 people, Go back to wherever it is they come from and hopefully they're all fired up for the faith and and they keep that going until the next one so that's that's how we do things i love it thank you for sharing that with us michael we we're actually out of time for this segment let's we're going to take another quick commercial break when we come back we'll um we'll finish up with the show but we'll go into a few headlines so stick with us on truth culture life we'll be right back would you pray
5: July is the month for Catholic Spirit Radio's Matching Monday. I'm this year's Matching Monday donor, Patricia, and I'm going to double up to $6,000 every donation made on the Mondays in July. I challenge you to donate big, so I have to write that matching big check donate online at catholicspiritradio.com or mail your check on any Monday in July to 108 Boykin's Place in Normal. Why am I willing to be the matching donor? Before I converted, Catholicism seemed mysterious to me even though my husband was Catholic. However, after speaking with a priest, I knew I wanted to become a Catholic too. I began listening to EWTN programs and grew tremendously in my understanding and love of the faith. When my children came along, I was thankful that we could attend church together, and we still do whenever family comes to town. Catholic Spirit Radio needs our financial support so we can grow in our faith. If you've never donated, start this July. If you've donated in the past, July is the month to give extra. Remember, I will double it during July Matching Mondays.
6: Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks. Others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS.
7: Am I pregnant? This is often the first question a woman needs answered when she comes to the Pregnancy Resource Center. What now is the second question. Living Alternatives Pregnancy Resource Center is committed to providing excellent care, compassionate support, and honest information to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. Living Alternatives needs your help to encourage and support women in blooming to normal. Make your donation or find out more ways to get involved at PregnancyResourceCenter.org.
6: Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak.
7: And I'm Lisa
6: Popchak. We're the hosts of More to Life. For us, Catholic Radio is something that draws us together into conversations that can be at times difficult, but when directed by charity, become positively impactful.
4: That's why we're so glad you're participating in your own way. By listening right now, let everyone else know about this jewel you have found. Please invite others into this work that the Holy Spirit is already doing. Invite them to listen.
0: Welcome back to Truth Culture Life on Catholic Spirit Radio. We've been having a really cool conversation, everything from some of the mystical stuff in the church, possible saint out of North Dakota, uh, to the Steubenville Conference. We've got a packed house with Sierra. We've got uh, Michael from St. Louis. We've got Father Dominic from North Dakota. And Father Orsi from, uh, from Naples is recovering from his sunburn. I don't even know if he had a sunburn, but we're going to stick with that story. <laughs> and uh, Father O. no. Yeah, I, I want to hear from you a little bit. Anything big. You always have something big going on. You've got your TV show. Talk. Michael mentioned uh, the, the next Fulton Sheen. Little does he know that Father is actually the host of a tel- television show. He's got two shows, in fact.
3: Well, I, I might be closer to uh, Billy Graham. <laughs> 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 we, have, we have a couple of TV shows. One is on Christian Television Network. It's called Action for Life, and we have uh, – Numerous guests come on who are involved in some way, shape, or form in the pro-life movement, and a tremendous uh, opportunity to hear what people are doing to put the gospel of life into action. So that's a Christian station, and it's on twice a week, uh, Tuesdays at 8.30, and on Sundays at 4 p.m. And then we have a new show, it's called Conversations with Father Orsi, where I uh, delve into the Issues of the day, the issues of the day. It can get somewhat um, philosophical, uh, sometimes uh, political, but um, you always get my opinion on whatever it is. And uh, that show airs on NBC and CBS here in Southwest Florida on Sunday mornings at 5.30 and 11.30. So uh, we're busy here, and uh, I'm waiting for the next Nielsen Report to come in, Nielsen Ratings.
0: Yeah, do they uh I mean look, you you're on television in Southwest Florida. We know that. Um and it, you know it's it's a great show. And you've got some great guests
3: coming yeah, in. Yeah, because you you're the executive producer. That's why.
0: Am I which one am I? Exa- I don't even know anymore. Um, the
3: conversation, I, just executive producer, yeah. aren't you? Of conversation, yeah, I think I'm, I think you guys,
0: yeah, threw a credit at me for that. But I'm helping you get guests on Action for Life,
3: then you're that one too. You can be whatever you want. What else do you want to be? <laughs> father Orson calls me and says, Royce,
0: I need you to do something, and and I, I just try to do it because you don't want to make
3: father or no, out. you don't want to cross me. Uh uh-uh. uh.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right, so check out Conversations with Father O, Action for Life for our listeners. If you just go to, I think it's just actionforlife.net, right, Father? Right, yeah, actionforlife.net. Right, and there's links to all fathers programming on there. Um, And things are well underway as well for our second annual Naples Pro-Life Summit, which will be uh, next March in 2024. So I think probably in the next week or two, there's going to be a new website, so we'll be sure to announce that as well. That is going to be
3: huge, huge.
0: You know what we need to do is get Sierra there, and uh, we should invite Father Dominic as well. Maybe we could bring some of the, some of the students down. Well, they'd like to be. I, I
3: believe me, at the time of the year, March, they would love to get out of North Dakota and come to Naples, Florida.
0: It's a uh, it's a three day conference, Father Dominic. It's a pro life conference, but we do things like we. It's a retreat as well, so we have excursions. Like last year, we did an airboat excursion. <clears throat> we did a pep rally at Ave Maria University, and then we had. A pro life conference with classes and, and talks and lunch. And it's just a lot of fun. The other big thing we did, which was a lot of fun, is we went out and brought gifts to the maternity home, Sunlight Home Father.
3: Yeah. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And we'll do more of that stuff uh, come March. Where yeah. the dates were they? Dates the 20- yeah. uh
0: March 20th uh, to the uh, 22nd, if I remember yeah. correctly.
3: And uh, it's kind of an, ecumen- it's an ecumenical event. So we have some of the uh, local Protestant churches taking part.
0: That's right, uh, and, uh, and they provide some support with the venues and things like that. Yeah, it's it's funny. Sometimes it's easier to work at the Protestant venues than it is at the Catholic ones. Because <laughs> 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 it, it's, it's quicker. You can get things done faster. There's less bureaucracy, but <clears throat> anyways, it's it's great. So yeah, that'll be at naplesummit.com when we're ready to announce it.
1: Well, okay, one thing I wanted to mention, and this is going to be totally out of left field, which is fine, but I wanted to talk to you guys this week about some of the congressional hearings that have been going on, and not necessarily about like all these publicized topics like Hunter Biden and whatever, but the fact that they literally had some gentlemen that came from the Pentagon and confirmed that aliens
3: exist or UFOs mm-hmm, exist. Yeah. And nobody he has claimed. He claimed. Oh, I, no I one can, has claimed. I've seen, I've seen many of them, many of them. Okay, <laughs>
1: so yes, most, of, to...
3: most of them are liberals.
1: I wanted to open up the conversation today because I was like, you know, this will be fun. I want to see what everybody thinks about this and just kind of go from there. So you start, Father O. Do you believe aliens exist?
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, I believe they exist because uh, just the sheer number of, uh, I mean, you have millions and millions and billions of stars. You have to have, I would think, the law of averages is that life does exist someplace else. Question is, have they come here? And I'm a little bit dubious uh, about that.
0: And, and the other question is, are they like microbes, right? I mean, we go to the, the far reaches of the, the depths of the, uh, the abyss where there's no life. And all of a sudden you get to the bottom and there's little like corals emanating, you know, illuminating and creating enough light. There's volcanic and, and there's all these like little creatures that exist at the bottom of the ocean, right? Is that a, maybe that's a possibility.
3: Well, they've just found some worms up in the Antarctica that are 45,000 years old. They, they defrosted them and they're alive.
0: I, I saw that. That's a bit bit scary, you know. In the permafrost, yeah. they re- they like brought back to life these creatures that are forty five thousand years old. You talk about like the you know pathogens and stuff like that. I really hope they were uh, hope that hope Fauci wasn't involved with that. No, let's put it that way. But Sierra, what's the new name? They're not UFOs anymore.
1: The you what? I don't know. Yeah, it's they, like they, it's unidentified. Oh, Ariel something. I don't know.
3: All the, all, the
1: ac- all the acronyms keep changing. I get confused all the time. So.
3: Well, I ask you now, You know, do you think that they have uh, landed? Oh, yeah, for sure. Huh? I no, am like just- a firm yeah.
1: believer, which makes me crazy, which is fine. I have a whole alien story from my childhood. Um, oh, me and okay. two friends got chased by a UFO. I swear. it. <laughs> I swear it. <laughs> we uh-huh. were coming back from basketball practice one night. And my buddy lives like, I don't know, a quarter mile off the highway. And so we had turned on the highway. You got to drive for maybe two and a half miles. And I'm driving this little like 2006 Pontiac G6, having a good time, trying to get to the farm. And we got chased by a UFO for like two miles. And I usually don't tell people that story because they don't believe me. But you yeah,
0: could have been like the next fire in the sky movie, uh, you know, be- know,
2: Father Dominic. What do you think? Well, I like how Sierra says. I don't usually tell people that story, but she says it on a recorded podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I was idea. like, it's "Out!"
3: It's I
1: had an out Holy there. Spirit action plan. Well, it's out I there mean, now.
3: <laughs> it's over. Like, like Father Dominic, do you do you think that the uh, the aliens have landed? So, personally, you know, I'm
2: agnostic on it, and uh, I, I appreciate the church's agnosticism in this regard. Like, we'll deal if there was intelligent life. If there were intelligent life somewhere else, that we would deal with that as it as it came up. There's a couple of funny stories. One um, is "Lost in the Cosmos" by Walker Percy. Have you read that, Father? It's a fun book. I've it's, read
3: Walker Percy, the yeah, moviegoer, a, but I it's didn't a, read that yeah, one.
2: Moviegoer, but yeah. this, this is a mockery of a self-help book. It's, it's, it's hilarious. I think you'd like it. But the, I can't remember if it's that one or, or a C.S. Lewis story. But it's he talks about how humans try to land on a different planet and they 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 uh they haven't been affected by original sin. And so they, they turn the humans from Earth away because of all the problems that we've caused. They don't want to bring that into their world. That wasn't Paralandra, was yeah, it? Yeah, Paralandra, yeah. Yeah, it's like, a, yeah. Walker Percy has a, a version of that in his book. It's, it's it's very funny. So I like that kind of stuff. But just for the sake of, you know, to answer your question and, you know, to, to represent a different part of the debate, I I myself don't think that there's intelligent life outside of Earth, Um and in, in with, the, with the probability argument, the, the probability, I, I understand that argument. But at the same time, there's only, if you look at actual evidence, there's only evidence that there's life on Earth, you know, especially intelligent life. Um, so we might just be unique. That's, if, if you put a gun to my head and said, what do you actually think? I think that we're unique in that way. You but know, uh, you I, know, I'm who, I'm the, added to that. Father, hey,
0: Dominic. Know. you know, who agrees with you is Elon Musk. Um, he just came out with a statement, basically saying that you know he would like to believe, but with all the telescopes, with all the radio antennas and different things we have pointed all over, and it's huge. We're we're just a little speck, but he's like the lack of actual evidence is disturbing, and I just think that's interesting from the the guy that uh, you know runs SpaceX or founded SpaceX. You know who knows? Uh, yeah. But
2: interesting argument. I tend, I tend skeptical. You know, that's my like, just bias towards things is skeptical. So, well, so- I don't know. I, I hate it, the things I really hate are when they 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 talk about evolutionary things on this earth and they say like, mm. oh my gosh, this chimp moved a.
5: This
2: guy, this guy for National Geographic, um, told this story. It was a long story uh, about the smartest chimp he ever, he ever dealt with. His name is Austin. And like he rec, he sort of, re- there's like a TV camera and then a monitor right next to it. And this chimp kind of recognized it. And for me, it's like, the amazing thing of that story is one species of animal invented uh, a machine that could replicate reality and reproduce it far away and then communicate it through a series of symbols across time and space so that another member of that species could figure it out. The only reason why this, this chimp could figure it out is because it was taught by humans and could barely do like one of the most remedial functions ever. And I, you know, chimps have had just as long to evolve as Homo sapiens have. So that there is like a, a, the, one of the reasons I'm against alien thoughts of intelligent aliens, and I'm not against it like uh, in itself, is there's, there's a constant movement to make human beings not special. And so whether it's through uh, evolution or aliens, it's always like, once we kind of have this evidence that human beings are just products of evolution and there's nothing significantly different about them versus every other animal, then we kind of we kind of win the the death of God struggle. And I'm not saying like that you, to believe in aliens means that, but there is also those ulterior motives among people that kind of make us not special.
3: That, so you you smell a bit of a rat behind all this. Distract a little, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay,
4: Wait, okay, hold on
1: before we continue. So, Michael, do you believe in aliens?
3: I would definitely
4: follow what Father Dominic says in general. That there's a lot of suspicious things about it. I think I would lean a little differently in the end. That I'm a little open to it. Like, God and his creative genius, mm-hmm. like, is totally able to do it. Would he do it? I, I, I've read similar things with C.S. Lewis. I don't think there's a need for it. Like, I think yeah. God. Is, is happy in his creation.
7: Well, I agree, that I that agree with
2: fair. Michael too. The, the The way that I would believe is I fully expect to have my mind be blown when I, mm. when I die and see all of reality as it is. And so I admit that my limited perspective is <laughs> unimportant.
1: <laughs> well, the reason I wanted to bring it up too is, well, the, okay, so the whistleblower just happened, but somebody was asking me, they were like, how can you be Catholic and believe that God made this perfect creation? But then also believe that, you know, potentially there's intelligent life out there or whatever. And that really sat with me because I was like, you know, that's a really good point. But the Bible talks about the creation of man and how God made this beautiful earth. You know, it doesn't necessarily talk about, you know, maybe God did other things. That was my only thought because I was like, I don't know. But that's a great point.
0: No. Who was it? The Va- there was a, uh, a scientist at the Vatican, Reverend uh, Jose Gabriel Funes um, Vatican at the Vatican Observatory. Uh, and he had an interesting take. And basically he said something similar to what Michael said and what Father Orsi was saying. And and, and it, it doesn't, I don't think it contradicts anything, but basically he said, look, it's possible. God can do anything. And it's equally possible, you know, um, you know, if there were extraterrestrials, they could be part of creation. And maybe they weren't uh, they never fell into original sin, as, as that book suggested. Bottom line is, who knows? Here, here's one thing that I, I started getting to about the whole uh, heat wave and everything else. I, I am so skeptical. Anytime I start seeing numerous headlines and stories landing, it, you know, look, just read the Art of War, smokescreens, okay? What else is going on? When, when, when everybody in the mainstream is saying, look over here you need to really what you need to do is look over there because there's something else
3: happening um so you think let's get to the bottom of this robin hood (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you're saying this is another diversionary tactic from the laptop of hunter biden i think it would be (laughs) amazingly cool
0: if there was intelligent life out there and i i the probability makes sense to me i i get it man like looking at I even think, I think what's more likely, like I'm fascinated by the moons of Jupiter and Saturn, right? Like Europa and Titan, that we can see water plumes coming out where there's water and there's oxygen. There tends to be some sort of microbial, uh, microbe life, right? So if that's there, like, wow, that, now is that intelligent? Who knows? But man, I would love to go see for myself. I really would. My wife won't let me. But like <laughs> It'd be fun to go see. At the same time, um, I'm also I'm also cautious with with the different headlines. Um, this guy this guy that you know testified his thing is well I never saw one myself.
3: Well, how good is that?
0: It's hearsay. He's like yeah. I, I I talked to a whole bunch of people that said they did. Well, where are those people? Right. So that's that's where I'm like okay it, you know it's again it seems like a whole lot to do, but meanwhile we still don't know whose powder, white powder that was at the White House. I mean right.
3: Well, anyway. it, it's impossible to find because, uh, you know, you could find a DNA on a pizza box, but you can't find it on a pack of uh, <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> I, I, mean, just,
1: I,
0: can't I mean, don't
3: get me don't get me started on this. You know, the other one that burns me is, is that they can't find out who leaked the, the, the uh, Supreme Court document on Dodd. There's 46 yeah. people there and they can't find out who did it. I mean, yeah. who, who are they kidding? You know, it'd be Father Dominic. They're getting me agitated (laughs) now. I I taught him in law school. I mean, come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For fun, we should create a clue game with, you know, like the Supreme court and like, who did it? What room was it in? Yeah.
2: Uh, Two interesting points. You brought up the Vatican observatory. I've been there in Castel Gandolfo. Um, So it's one of the oldest and most respected, uh, you know, astronomical observatories in the world. So that that's always a good apologetic, uh, counter to the, the whole Galileo myth, which is like one of the most over overstated and, and fake, that's like OG fake news. You know, it's like that whole, the way that that story is told is not accurate to what actually happened at all. And the church is one of the top scientific research institutions for astronomy. But the fun fact about it is their main scopes are actually in Arizona. There's an international uh, sort of observatory area in Arizona, and so the Vatican has telescopes because there's like no light pollution and stuff down there.
3: Wow! And some, Jesuit, some Jesuit brother runs that, doesn't he? Yeah, Guy I mean,
2: Consalmanio. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: He's a pretty good guy. <laughs>
3: yeah, I never but, met uh, him. But but anyway, you know, the jury's out. I mean, I don't I don't think they got any spacemen, uh, you know, in, in, in Smithsonian Institute. I don't think so. AF51. Uh, I've, f- I've, like I've seen a few walking on the streets of Manhattan, though. I have seen a few. <laughs>
2: My, my problem is like with Bigfoot, you know, like Bigfoot, it's always these obscure kind of grainy photos. Same thing with UFOs. Why is it always like the evidence of all of our image capture technology? Why can't it ever just be like something normal, <laughs> like a, a really high res photo yeah. of a UFO? Yeah, but Yeah,
3: they hear this radio show called Coast to Coast? Yeah, late night. Yeah, that's why yeah, like, we're I coming mean, into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't get over that show yeah That's what does what that come on like 1 a.m <laughs> yeah
1: i'm just always, waking up
3: around 1 a.m <laughs> i've always
1: thought about that with bigfoot because i mean okay phones have gotten better and recently i feel like in the last few years there hasn't been any like new photo evidence of bigfoot but why are all the photos so bad mm-hmm. all of them yeah but anyways well all right, so is we're it about at that time
0: yeah we are out of time uh and so we just want to thank everybody for listening to Truth Culture Life. What a fun show. Maybe we'll have to next, you know, I think what we need to do is send Father O with a GoPro out into the woods and see with our better cameras if he can track down the <laughs> <laughs> The
3: only way that I'll say anything out in the woods is if I drink a bottle of scotch before I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say everything. Down. Whatever you tell me, I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we just want to thank everybody for
0: joining us. Father Dominic, thank you. And Michael as well. And uh, we'll see everybody again next Thank week. Thank you so much for, for listening Life, to Truth, Catholic Culture, Life Radio. on Catholic Thanks, Spirit Radio. Michael, I'm night. Royce Hood. It is such a pleasure to be able to come to you every single weekend on this program. Please be sure to support Catholic Spirit Radio by visiting catholicspiritradio.com. And you can learn more about this show at truthculturelife.com. Please be sure to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. We'll talk to you again next week. God bless.
1: Praise. Me oh.